Dig up that old fossil. We'll get to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. That's no moon. We're all fine here. No, thank you. How are you? Welcome to the Star Wars Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vatabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. Kenton, I've heard that uh, Han Solo, Harrison Ford, has had more issues on the set of his new movie. What's going on? <laughs> Han Solo, Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford, they all get injured Rick frequently when shooting uh, when shooting films. On the set of Indiana Jones, just like Star Wars, <laughs> he got hurt because he's an old man. Well, He's, he's an his, old man he, starring in uh, action. Something. How old is he? Uh, I'll look it up. Go ahead. I don't even Keep know. Talking. I don't want to know. <laughs> Why? Uh, I, what? <laughs> He's probably, <laughs> he's 110, I'm pretty sure. He's 110 years old. And so he got injured. And so they he's had to uh, suspend old. shooting. Yes. Oh, uh, 78. Here, let's put things in perspective. I'm a man in my 50s. I injured my foot this summer. I might've mentioned that on the last podcast. Uh, and for no, for nothing, just walking around, just just going for a walk, I injured, <laughs> I injured my foot. So imagine what happens when you're in your 70s and they put you on the set of an action picture, okay? Like probably who who knows what they had him do. Probably you, you could just get him to swing a baseball bat probably, and he could get injured. So, um, so yeah, so he got injured and now they've suspended shooting again. But last time I think it came out that on star Wars, it was actually the millennium Falcon that hurt him, that he got injured. Did, some, did he some, trip some going up the ramp or something like that? Arm. Wasn't it? Are you trying something, something? It was something. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, something happened again. But I'm happy. I, I still, uh, you know, I, I'm not one of those people who say that you shouldn't shoot another Indiana Jones movie. I, I, hey, make as many as you can with Harrison Ford is what I say before Shia LaBeouf gets in there and whatever. But I, I don't think he's going to be in there. I think that's that ship has sailed for Mr. LaBeouf. Um, <laughs> but and and I think that everyone's tr- trying to stay away from the Crystal Skull ordeal, right? That's kind of everybody agrees that that's not the great not a good movie at all and that let's all try and hope this is going to be better this next one's going to be better i don't i don't dislike that as much as some people dislike it uh crystal skull it certainly doesn't it's certainly not as good as the other ones i agree with that but to me there's enough in there that when it's on tv there's so much of it i don't remember that when i watch it i kind of enjoy it to tell you the truth (laughs) yeah even the goofball stuff there's a lot uh, you know, there's some, there's some stuff that makes no sense at all, like John Hurt being confused for 90% of the film for no I don't like that at all. I don't like the, the in the first five minutes, we get nuke in the fridge. I, that's to me. Is oh, I the, like it. Oh, I, I like that. No. I like the nuking of the fridge, but I don't. But And I also don't mind a Shia LaBeouf swinging with the monkeys because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Like that, like the the crazy ridiculous stuff yeah. is great, uh, but then there's stuff that's just bad decisions, and you know the quicksand, you know <laughs> that goes on. I, I don't even remember half of these things. It's been forever. I honestly, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it other than the one time I saw it in the theater when it came out. I don't think I've really rewatched it since then. So, well, you know what? It's worth doing because, and, and as I say, because we haven't seen it as much as the other ones. Uh, no, I think it's pretty good. And I, and by the way, I actually bought um, the the three. I don't think the maybe it did come with the fourth one. I don't know, but I did buy. I'm gonna have to check this. But iTunes had the Indiana Jones package um, for thirty dollars or something, and I was like ten dollars a movie. So I went. So I bought it on the. And I think that was for the anniversary. Um, so I bought it, and I I I think maybe it did come with Crystal Skull. 
Mm. But uh, th- those are movies I can watch over and over and over and over. But because most people haven't seen Crystal Skull as many times as the other ones, uh, I, I think it's worth a rewatch. There's still some good stuff. The pacing, there's pro- there's problems. <laughs> there's problems. The pacing, <laughs> there, it's not very good. Um, the the prairie dog at the beginning on the thing on the mountain, like right before the fridge you. gets nuked. Um, yeah, no, I like the fridge getting nuked. I, know I you like told the me that you said that. Uh, <laughs> what I've not, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. I've started a new collection. I decided to start collecting, recollecting DVDs. Yes, I sold so, and I've talked about this on TikTok. So if you want more information, you can see that on TikTok. But in my limited, I've only been doing this for a few weeks now, and in my limited like travels through the various thrift stores and places where they sell used DVDs, the only Indiana Jones movie I've seen is kingdom of the crystal skull none of the other ones i don't think anybody sells their indiana jones movies unless it's kingdom of the crystal skull because <laughs> that's the one that seems to be out there you quite know, a bit no you know but you know what you what i've noticed is when there is an upgrade when some new indiana jones whatever comes out the people bring the old ones to cash them in that's when you see them oh when, is that when, right when the new like Yes, when it, the 3D version, whatever, when whatever comes out, um, they will you and you see it with um, CDs still as well. When the when the commemorative package comes out, then everybody brings that like whatever the old one was, and they bring it in and they keep the remastered. Well, one I'll keep an eye out for that. What is this thing? coming out? So, yeah. They're shooting now. Due out next year, maybe. Or do we know? Um, yeah, probably, probably a year. It's usually a year between shooting and release date. Yeah, and I think the pandemic is so. is effectively over as far as Hollywood's concerned. So I don't think they need to worry about that delaying anything any further. Uh, well, I'll keep an eye out. I'll, I'll let you know if I see any additional uh, Indiana Jones movies yeah. pop up in thrift stores when the new Indiana Jones movie comes out. Put your hands down. Will you? You're embarrassing us. Before we get there, I have to ask you what you have found so far. Basically, all I'm doing right now is just going out and seeing what catches my eye. It's essentially rebuying movies that I used to own that I know that I want to watch again and again. Like so, the, so if it's a movie that I know that I can watch over and over and I, that I really like, I will absolutely purchase it. Um, and I found quite a few things. Uh, the, this has got to be my, as far as Star Wars related stuff, there's two things actually for Star Wars. Number one is the VHS copies of the um, 1995 release. This is 90, This is the one with the, for those who can't see, nobody can see, it's a podcast, Dan. Um, this is the one with the Yoda is on Return of the Jedi, the Stormtrooper is on Empire Strikes Back, and Darth Vader's on Star Wars. So it's like, kind of like their half face. That's the artwork for this one. Not my favorite artwork, I got to say. Of the, I mean, What do you think of this this style at the time at the time people were blown away by it but it has it has dated it has not proven itself to be sort of <laughs> um locked in amber for good design yeah. i think it's although more, <laughs> it's, these, i think it's, i mean it's honestly dated now yeah but what they do these days is to hear like the the posters with all the characters on it that, that we've seen them used consistently since the special edition and i'm still not loving those either like there's got to be something better anyway so the, so the why this is significant is that this is the last time i know there are there are small changes i believe in these but this is before the special edition so there, there's no um jab of the hut you know cgi jab there's no uh, Greedo shooting first. There's no, none of that stuff is in this. So this is like as close as you're going to get to the theatrical version for this time. Anyway, there is another, ver- there's a couple different VHS versions of the trilogy out um, before this, of course, that was released before this, but I haven't found any of those. I don't think I'm going to find any of those. If I do, that's going to be a good find. So that was good. And then the other one, you're going to love this. Uh, this is the one you don't know about. This is uh, the, the, the original trilogy, Star Wars original trilogy on Blu-ray and DVD. 
both. It's got six discs in here. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? Like, I didn't even realize. Wow. So the white ones are the Blu-ray and the black ones are the DVDs. And uh, and it was only eight bucks. You see $7.99 right there. For, wow. for So now I've only been doing this for a few weeks and I already own three versions of the Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> How am I back here again? How did I get here? This is George, exactly where I was. George Lucas, George Lucas and Disney have got millions of dollars from me just buying the different versions of those back in the day. But there was, I like now you see these special editions come out and there's nothing new. There's so, there's like whatever. There's like a new two minute something that they include or something like that. But back um, when they when they leveled up on the star Wars movies, there was usually like some big technological advancement or documentaries, or, I mean, I've got the DVDs with the original versions of star Wars and the updated ones with these special editions mm-hmm. and stuff. And when you, when you, there, there was always some big reason to collect a new version. Yes. And I think now there's less, there's less of a reason of, of reasons to, to do that. Yes. The reason for the THS uh, trilogy was um, THX remastered. The sound is excellent. And I mean, it, I know it's VHS, so the sound can't be that good uh, compared to what we know now. But at the time, again, it was very, very good sound. And we get like, if you had the, and I remember the THX opening, we don't hear that anymore right that your eardrums are broken or whatever it was um but that was awesome so that was the reason to buy this one look at the the reason to buy this apparently is it's got commentary audio commentary for each movie from george lucas and crew like i don't think i've ever heard an audio commentary for star wars before so i'm actually looking forward to watching this with the commentary it's good and i think if if memory serves me right when you watch it with the commentary on it actually like tells you who's talking Ah. Like the, like, like the, like George Lucas, like his name comes up on the screen. It's kind of cool. If that's the same one as the one that I watched. Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll watch it and let you know. I but do plan good. on watching all these movies that I'm collecting and I have already purchased quite a bit. The other one I'll talk about, again, this is not Star Wars related, but somewhat um, relevant because he passed away this week. The I bought the Richard Donner cut, uh, Superman 2 oh. Richard Donner cut, which you have and you told me about. I do. And again, I can't believe I found this at a thrift store, but it was like two bucks at uh, the Mennonite thrift store down the street. And it's great. I watched it the other night and it's it's really good. And, and it's almost, it wasn't what I was expecting. I thought it was going to be a lot more choppy, but it was much more smooth. Like they incorporated those rehearsal scenes and everything much more smoothly than I anticipated. And if it wasn't for Clark Kent wearing a different kind of glasses in that one scene where you like go back and forth between the two, then I wouldn't have even noticed, yeah. I don't think. So there's, so it was very good, um, uh, Superman 2. And I will post about that as well on TikTok when I get the chance. That's That's great. I mean... Richard Donner, oh my God, like that, like the Superman and he directed most of Superman too, for people who don't know. Um, but like that first Superman movie, like, holy crap. What watch that again too this of, week. It, it is a work of genius. It really is. It's such a smart superhero film. And, and to me, Superman, which was like the first one, yes. kind of spoils me for everything else where you're like, oh, is the acting as good as Christopher Reeve? No, it never is. It's never <laughs> as good as Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder and Gene Hackman mm-hmm. and Ned Beatty. Mm-hmm. Like it is never as good. And so um, it's sort of, it's so funny, but it spoils me for the other ones. And I guess like that the tagline was, you can, you'll believe a man can fly was the tagline. And by today's standards, I like, you can tell that the special effects are dated, mm-hmm. but still the story is just so strong that you can forgive 
the, the dated special effects or whatever, because the story is so good. I agree. I just love that movie. And it is, I mean, this is my Superman. Like, this is when I think of Superman. This is what I think of, the Christopher Reeve Superman. And honestly, I, it, the Zack Snyder ones don't come close. The the By the way, there's a TV show on right now. I don't know if you're aware of this, called Superman and Lois. It's not Lois and Clark. It's not the old, uh, the one from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Superman and Lois, which is like the 10th show they've done about Superman. And in this one, the Superman, it's not Henry Cavill. Um, it's it, The Superman looks like Clark, looks like, um, um what's the Christopher Reeve? He really does. Like, he, he like, that's the Superman. Superman that we all know and love the Henry Cavill Superman is, is just weird in my opinion. Anyway, uh, well, Chris, but here, well, you know what? Christopher Reeve could act. Yes. He, he brought a sense of so humor. Cavill, to let's, let's be honest. Henry Cavill can act as well. It's not about that. It's about the tone. I think those movies are much better in tone and have, and they, they more perfectly capture the feel of a Superman comic. Cause that's what they were going by. Right. It was a Superman comics. Yeah. And, and then the newer ones are just about like big spectacle and just, death and destruction and the fight in superman 2 the fight between zod and superman like we get that in superman 2 um not as spectacular as the main like they basically destroy uh metropolis in the new movie but in this one i mean they they beat each other up i don't think anybody gets killed that's the important thing is i don't think anybody gets killed in these superman movies and that certainly does happen Mm. in the newer ones boy i gotta think about that maybe somebody gets killed i don't know oh yeah maybe you're right like he just apprehends like that's Luther. what Superman does. He doesn't kill people. He arrests them, catches them, and turns them into the police. And that <laughs> happens quite a few times in these movies. Again, it's very, very. It, it might feel cheesy by today's standards, but I find it comforting and uh, very nostalgic. So I'm really, I uh, really enjoyed watching those movies. Well, I was also gonna say like the the light sense of humor in 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 uh, in the first two Superman movies in particular. It's just like such like you're right about tone. It is so much about tone and balance and just getting it just right. And um, the the scene that still just makes me cry with laughter every time is the president of the United States and Superman two gets down on his knees and he goes, oh, God. And he goes, no, Zod. What I do now, I do for the sake of the people of the world. But there is one man here on Earth who will never kneel before you. Who is this imbecile? Where is he? I wish I knew. Oh, God. Zod. It's so ridiculous, but yet it's so perfectly played that you're just like, yes, that film would not be as good without that ridiculous line in it and, and all the comic you relief know, and, of and. of uh of the ned Beatty and, and miss tess bacher and all those other like that to me is, is hilarious gene hackman is perfect as uh and this and it's interesting because i tweeted the, the video of me um you know showing all the stuff i got at the thrift store and included that dvd and then one of our former students uh mark tweeted uh, crazy timing it was the day that richard donard passed away he was 91 i believe uh this week yeah. and the story that he that that mark shared was the story about how how he tricked uh, Gene Hackman into shaving off his mustache for um, for Superman because Lex Luthor shouldn't have a mustache and and he didn't want to. Gene Hackman didn't want to. Mustaches were very popular in 1977, uh, but uh, he did because um, Richard Donner also had a mustache, and so the deal was I'll shave mine off if you shave yours. And then it turns out Richard Donner was wearing a fake mustache. <laughs> the whole time he never had a mustache okay one more thing about gene hackman what i love is back in the day when you were a popular actor you were just like nah i don't think i'll cut my hair nah 
like, I don't think I'll do that. And so even in the films, he's got a bald cap on. Not, not, not a very good one either. Nope. Over his hair. You don't want to shave his head for that role. He's not going to shave his head. He's like, too bad. Yeah, too bad. And like Marlon Brando, $3 million a day or whatever. And he's like, I don't think I'll memorize that dialogue. <laughs> I, I mean, I think honestly, I know goal. we keep talking about. Uh, we could just do this whole podcast on this. On this, uh, like, he could. He he really like the. He handled Marlon Brando. Richard Donner handled Marlon Brando beautifully because when you have Marlon Brando at that time of his life, this is just around like late seventies. Is apocalypse now? Marlon Brando. This is like he doesn't give a shit about anything. Uh, you give him the scene with more dialogue than anyone else, and then you give him a scene in which he wins the trial. Like this is the first scene in, in Superman in the first Superman movie where he wins the trial and, and puts those three bad guys in the negative zone. Um, that's what you need to do with Marlon Brando. Just give him all the attention and, and let him go. And I'm sure they had cue cards for him to read those lines. Uh, but that's what you got to do. And, and but it's the star. It's the star power of Marlon Brando. And they managed to get that into the second one as well. Even though Marlon Brando isn't really in the second one, he's kind of like he kind of is and kind of isn't. Uh, it's really funny. But that's what you do. Uh, when you in the seventies, when you want to sell a movie, you get Marlon Brando in it. You put him up in the top. I believe he's only in the Donner cut of Superman two. Is he not in the I real one? I don't believe he's in okay. the. Uh, I don't think so because he wanted so much money uh, that that um, that they're just like, okay, we'll get Superman's mom to do it. <laughs> and I think that's what they did, and and she was great, and she was great. So it wasn't like they re like once you establish like what Marlon Brando did in the first movie is he established this is a serious piece of cinema that's what he was doing there was he that he was telling people mm-hmm. it's okay for adults to go see a, this movie <laughs> <laughs> even though i'm wearing glow-in-the-dark pajamas uh <laughs> with a superman symbol on my chest oh i love i love that i no, love that great. he's got the uh that that yeah I, that, I love it i love it i love that movie we talked more too, we talked too much about superman but it was the week where richard Donner passed away, so you got to do it. Absolutely, no, I agree. And again, I'll get into this more. I'm going to make a TikTok about it because um, I made notes while I was watching it. And I'll see. You'll see that stuff on my on my TikTok. We are now at episode 11 of the Bad Batch, um, and it's been a few weeks, of course, since we've talked about it. So, do you want to kind of recap the last? What do you remember about the last? So <laughs> rather, I mean, I've just watched the new one today. I, I could talk about the new one really well, but the last two we had like for a few things. Um, for example, we had Cad Bane show up. Uh, where does this character yeah. come from? He looks so familiar, but where did we see him before? A oh, Clone Wars. Okay, he's a Clone Wars guy. You know, among the fan base, um, Cad Bane is a very popular bounty hunter character who has never appeared in live action. Um, I find him. A little on the nose. Uh, he's he's like an old Western guy, and he's like, uh, you know, he talks like he's got a little bit of John Wayne <laughs> well, I was going on there. But yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And they even play the even the music goes into the good, the bad, and the ugly there when you first see him, which I thought was also a little on the nose. And then he's got an incompetent droid that he hangs out with, um, and then we saw him have a big fight with Fennec Shan. So that was probably the biggest moment in the last three episodes um, of the Bad Batch. And then the last two have been individual mission-based episodes. 
Back to the kind of, but I, I, you get the feeling they're setting up the last arc of the season here with this, with that today's episode, because that introduces, well, not introduces, it brings characters back. We see Hera, uh, who, of course, is from Rebels. Um, I have questions about her accent. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but uh, she, uh, of course, and, and I think we should start referring to this, and I'd, I'd be, wouldn't be surprised if somebody already has, as the Filoni-verse. This is the Filoni-verse. This is Dave Filoni bringing all his characters from all these different shows together. So we have characters from, you know, the Clone Wars. We have characters from uh, Rebels um, coming into this. And I guess now we're getting, like, the origins of Hera and how she... I guess, I don't know how much they're going to get into it, but we know that we see Chopper, everyone's favorite droid with arms. He's got his alarms that go up and down like that. Um, and then we see her family and, and the, the story of the Empire taking over planets. This is kind of like another example, similar to the one, the storyline in Clone Wars about Mandalore and them taking over the Mandalorian planet and the Mandalorians fighting them. I'm starting to see this, in, except in this case, it's with Twi'leks and the planet is called, what is the planet called again? Hang oh. on. Oh, no, no, no. I had it. I had it in my head and I lost it. Hang on. I think I have it here. Ryloth. That was just one of the many details. Right. That's right. That's Ryloth. 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 So that's Ryloth. Where, and that's so. So this is all about the Twi'leks. Now, it's because I've never thought of Twi'leks as being particularly aligned with the Rebels at any point in Star Wars. Like whenever we see Twi'leks in the original movies, they're kind of not bad guys, but we see the dancers in Jabba's palace. We see Bib Fortuna. So it's always associated with kind of the criminal element in the, the dark side or the bad side of Star Wars. So this is trying to show them in a different light, which is interesting. Um, but it's also kind of rewriting Star Wars history a little bit because we didn't really see him very much. And the, although maybe they're just saying, okay, this was always happening off to the side. We just didn't see it in the main movies, right? I think so. And I think, I thought today you, you, you introduced it as characters from Rebels, but it was almost more of a Rebels episode than it was a Bad Batch episode. It was like, so- 10 minutes before we even got the Bad Batch. And for a second there, I thought it was going to be a standalone episode with no Bad Batch at all. Maybe just a little thing at the end. But we did get them halfway through. Uh, So the story is that um, the Empire is taking over Ryloth like they are with other planet, every other planet. But um, they don't like it. The Twi'leks don't like it. And so we see young Hera, uh, who's the daughter, I guess, of the king and queen. Is that what they are? I don't know what their titles are. It isn't really very clear. But it looks like she's the daughter of the leaders, basically. Okay, I'll talk about the accent. Because she doesn't have that accent in Rebels. She sounds like a regular American, for lack of a better term, in Rebels. Yeah, she has a very, very, like, it's, it sounds European, almost French at times. I don't know where they're getting this uh, this uh, Twilight accent from. But, uh, I mean, I know that we've had several actors uh, have the accent but the pro- my question is, where does Hera lose that accent? Because she's clearly a teenager in this in this uh, series, in this episode. She's grown up in her, you know, whatever, 20s or whatever in Rebels, and she doesn't talk like that. So you're saying that she loses that accent over that time? Is that what they're saying? I, You know what? I I bailed on Rebels. So I my, my recollection of Hera um, is that I remember her being in it, but I don't remember what she sounds like. I don't remember. And in fact, when she was talking on today's show, I paused for a second and I thought the same thing that you're saying, um, which is, does she sound different? And at first I wasn't hundred percent sure it was her. And at first I thought maybe I was watching some other show. I thought maybe I was watching rebels by mistake. We <laughs> uploaded like, the wrong like, episode. Uh, to Disney. Like, <laughs> It could well, have been. I mean, I mean, it's happened. You could have yeah, watched that first 10 minutes. Before, and, so. Yeah, yeah. You, you could have watched that first 10 minutes and it could have been anything, really. It really could have been any episode of anything, yeah. right? Um, but I right. knew and that. Part of the as, confusion. Yes. As part of the confusion of the episode is what the hell's going on. 
But I knew as soon as we saw the Twi'leks and as soon as we heard somebody reference a daughter, I'm like, oh, okay. And the, and the mom is the same color, has the same green color. So I'm like, okay, obviously I know where this is going. Um, and, and, but, but here's my case. Okay, so I'm going to, I'll talk a little bit more about the accent thing and then we'll move on. My experience with people um, losing accents uh, always for me is about the Salamari brothers who are two Italian uh, brothers who moved to Winnipeg from Italy when I was a teenager, Frank is my age and Tony is much younger. Tony's about four. Yes, their names are Frank and Tony. They're the most stereotypical Italian family you can imagine. Their dad's name is Vito. So they're very, very Italian. Um, and they moved here and they had to learn English, obviously. And Frank is closer to my age. He still has an accent. He's got a very thick Italian accent. His brother, Tony, who's five years younger and who was maybe nine or 10 when they moved, does not. So I think at some point your accent just kind of stays. It, it, you know what I mean? Like, I think that, I don't think that was a good idea to have Hira have the accent. I think I don't think anybody else cares about it as much as I do, but, but I just have an issue with it. I don't know. Um, are we? Are you a hundred percent sure she didn't have it in Rebels? No. Now I'm starting to question. <laughs> because I don't sure. know for a fact. I, it was. If it is, it's very, very. If it is, it's very, very not noticeable. I'd have to rewatch it, but I'm pretty sure she just talks like a normal, like, "Hey, how's it going? Like you or me? Like what's up? We don't have accents. Maybe we do. This we is one Canadian of those accents. moments." This is one of those moments where people who uh, listen to us probably have the answer and we're two morons <laughs> talking who don't know. Well, I bailed on Rebels, so I don't know. It was much not- more noticeable in this episode than it ever was in Rebels. Like, I never thought of, of Hera having any kind of accent. And certainly here you can see it and you can hear it. Um, what do you think? Of, I, the other thing that's interesting is that she has Chopper at this point. She has Chopper. Clearly, she's had Chopper for a very long time. And, that's not, and he's as animated as ever. Uh, communicating more clearly than any other uh, astromech because he has arms in his head. So I don't know. I thought that's an interesting idea as well. Well, I, I I was never a huge fan of Chopper. So to see him again, I was just like, well, there he is. And uh, when you mentioned the the Filoni verse, I thought, okay, well, who else needs to show up before this thing's over? And of course the answer is Darth Maul. What the hell is Darth Maul doing at this point? Do we know? I'm trying to think this is before, where are we in the timeline before solo he's got he's got robot legs he hasn't died yet i mean he shows up in rebels right so he's somewhere somewhere off maybe forming the crime syndicate that he is eventually going to run oh so he's so going to show up on this show come on like let's or ahsoka ahsoka is the other yeah. feloni character yeah. that will show up right those are the two um, maul- and i think ahsoka more so because ahsoka was actually created for the clone wars whereas darth maul is a character from the prequel so i think he actually feels closer to ahsoka because he created that character not anybody else, i think right? that's true but he has never turned down the opportunity to introduce darth maul into his universe and i think well, I don't disagree with that because Darth Maul was the biggest missed opportunity, I think, in all the movies is that they should have kept him around for all three of those prequels instead of killing him off in the first one. So, yeah, I kind of agree. I do like Darth Maul, but uh, but I'm sure we will see. Yeah, you're right. We'll see either him or Ahsoka or somebody. Didn't we see Darth Darth Maul was in the last season of the Clone Wars, right? Like he showed up again at the end, didn't he? Um, He was in the Clone Wars throughout. Oh, yeah, that's no, right. I'm pretty sure he showed up at the end. Yes, yeah. pardon me. I forgot about the last season that came out uh, uh, late in the game. But, yeah, you're right. He was a, of course, he was a big part in that. And uh, they had him locked like Hannibal Lecter in the tomb, remember? Right. <laughs> then they let him out, of course, because, you know, yeah. he needs to show, he's got other properties he needs to show up in. So yeah. he has to be in solo. He's got some he other. He's solo and, and turn on his lightsaber for no reason. He might even be in the next uh, Indiana Jones, you know? You never know. <laughs> 
He's in everything. I love to see that. That would be awesome. Even just a little like <laughs> nod to him. Hey, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be so that, funny. That would be good. So uh, do you think like this is going to be the story now? So what happens in the episode, obviously, is they uh, the the Twi'leks. I don't know who is that blue guy. I don't know who that guy was either. It was confusing. Oh, you said you had all the names. Did you have all the names of all the people Hang that were on. there? Because um, at I've the end an of the article. episode, they get caught and there's a bunch of people standing around. And I don't know who anybody is except for Hera. Well, this is one of those funny things where you have an article and you realize there's 7,000 names of people in this episode and they're all ridiculous as you're going through it. So it's like, uh, all right, uh, Crosshair, having recovered from near death on Bracca. Oh, we didn't talk about that. On. Okay, hold on. Let's let's pause for a second and talk about the Dengar effect uh, because that ah. was something we skipped over. <laughs> In the okay, another thing that happened in the last few episodes, as we predicted, they were on, and I don't, I still don't think it's very clear whether or not they all got the chip out or not. Do you, do you agree with that? I still don't know if everybody got their chip taken out or if it was just record. I mean, they would be absolutely stupid not to after what they learned, right? And I think that's the implication. <laughs> That's okay, what it's still not. I don't think it's clear enough. So there is that. Um, yeah, so, yeah. so let's let's presume they took all their chips out. And yes, they sh- and then the Empire shows up and Crosshair shows up and they did great. I really did like the sequence where they were like firing up the engines in that Star Destroyer, although I don't know how the Star Destroyer still has power or any of that stuff, but whatever it does. And they're going to fire up the engines and kill everybody. But in that whole process, uh, Crosshairs gets burnt. He gets scarred and he has a big like all these bandages on and he looks like Dengar in that shot. There's a shot. They show him bandaged up and he absolutely looks like Dengar. And you said the other people thought it was Dengar. Yeah. I heard podcasts where they were talking about Dengar and I saw at least one article uh, where it was Dengar. And I was like, Oh, I guess it was Dengar. I guess I was wrong about it. And then you told me today, no, no, it's, it's actually not him. I thought it was supposed to be crosshair is bandaged up. I don't think it's supposed to be Dengar. No, it is not. It's not Dengar. But uh, so many people were confused. And the article that I read, it's probably been taken down by now, but it was on Flipboard. And it actually had his face going like, you'll never believe the bounty hunter that showed up. (laughs) And I was like, I don't think so. Okay. So, yeah. So so I think that confused a lot of people. Okay. Then it says, um, keep a close eye on Cham's trusted ally, Gobi Glee. (laughs) who's already in the early stages of forming the resistance. He's even recruited Cham and Alini's daughter, Hera, to scope out the Empire's mining facility. Okay, so this is the blue blue guy that sent her off to go spying, right, at the beginning, and then takes her for no reason on this mission. He doesn't even let her fly the ship. He said he was going to, but he doesn't. Um, So this is the guy, and he goes off to buy weapons because the Empire takes away all their weapons. He goes to get more just in case. So they have something to fight the Empire if they need to, and that's when they get caught. Whoa, sorry, my cat's jumping in on this. No, that's okay. No problem. (laughs) Sorry, she was just passing through, apparently. So, yeah, that's what happens, and then then what's going on? Then we have also in that that group, we have the the mom and dad. Yeah, and it says, and and, uh, her daydreaming gets her into hot water when Imperial troops spot the pair and reveal their activities. Clone Captain Hauser, who is my favorite role in the film or in the uh, this episode, because he because he could be any commander, but he is Hauser. And uh, is that from is that from Clone Wars earlier? Is that from another part of the show? I thought that was a reference to like I feel like it's a reference (laughs) to uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or something like that. Like, isn't that a character name for Schwarzenegger in like Commando? Is it named Hauser? Is it Hauser? I think that's his name. Predator or Commando. One of those movies, uh, Schwarzenegger's name is Hauser. Yeah. 
pretty sure. So, <laughs> so there you go. How but Hauser All could right. very well be Rex. Like Hauser is is just like Rex in any any way that he wants. He's a good clone. Like he wants it to be. You know, he he's trying to convince the Twi'leks that this is the right thing to do, and so that's that's a good representation because I'm sure that's happening everywhere around the universe, right? Where this is where the Empire is taking over. There's all these clones who fought for. You know, they fought for the Empire, not knowing they were fighting for the Empire. But um, but that, that was an interesting detail for sure. And here, here's my favorite sentence. Rampart is also surprised by how how cooper- cooperative, sorry, Cham's being, though Ta-TAA worries about his influence on Ryloth's people. <laughs> oh, my God. What language is this written in? I don't know. I don't know. Uh <laughs> yeah, it's just, and I think I mean the other thing is, how many of these characters are we ever going to see again? Like, how much of this should we be paying attention to? I know you can watch it closely and not know who, what the hell is going on. Hera does go on. She, go by the way, becomes a general um, in the um, what's the what's the spaceship game I just bought? The um, Rogue Squadron game or whatever it is. Yeah, Star Wars Squadrons, which is the the flight simulator one. In that game, uh, you are flying, and then Hera is in the game, and she shows up, and she's the general of like the ship that you're flying out of. So she's part of that. So that's, I mean, that character does go on to be a big part of the Rebel Alliance later on. But uh, yeah, it's just, and of course, she makes friends with the other kid in the show. She makes friends with Omega because that's what kids yeah. do, and Omega gives her a nice tour of the of the ship, and you know they're going to be best buds uh, going forward. Uh, so oh, yeah, they sure are. So where is this Omega during the time of Rebels? Well, we'll find out. I think is is what we're gonna. Uh, you know, we still don't know what's going on with Omega. They haven't quite revealed. What I still suspect is that she can use the Force. Um, the uh, the aliens are trying to get her back. What do they call the Caminos, Caminoites, or whatever they're called? They're trying to get her back because yeah. I think they and and they they also revealed another piece of information they revealed in these last few episodes is that she is an original clone like Boba Fett. So she is un, unaltered, I guess. Um, she is like just a direct clone of, of Django, although she's female. Yeah. And so she can't be a direct clone because she's female. Like they obviously altered it to make her female and she's got blonde hair instead of dark hair, uh, but she's still got that accent. Um, so <laughs> just hate the accent. So she's Boba Fett's sister. She's, she's Boba, Boba Fett's, Fett's sister, essentially. Sister? Yeah, yeah that's sister? basically what we're saying. So where's Boba Fett right now? Are we going to see him show up at some point? Of course. Of course we are. You think, but of you course think he's the same only... age as Boba Fett is right now? I guess so, hey? It, I think about... Yeah, yeah, I think it would be about the same. So it wouldn't be like super cool Boba Fett showing up. It'd it would be, be Kid uh, Boba Fett. Uh, that's right. Kid Boba <laughs> would show up. And he will. Of course he will, right? Yeah. yeah. And absolutely. then maybe, who knows? Maybe in the Fett, we'll see what, what happened to Omega. Maybe, maybe we'll okay. see the live action version of what happened to Omega. <laughs> oh, maybe. By, yeah, by the way, this, point. this article in the plot just goes on and on and on. It goes on and on and on. Uh, but uh, the other thing that we have to mention is that we saw the cloning facility uh, two episodes ago. And I, at the time, I thought that that was Snoke, a Snoke dummy falling out of the clone. Did you think that was a Snoke? No, dummy? I did not. But that's funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. Interesting. It was a Kamineoan a clone. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Like, yeah. So this Hera thing go on, do you think, for the next few episodes? Is it going to be like the final final yeah. push of the season? I think, think so. I think so. Because, I mean, it has to go on at least one more. 
Yeah, we've got and, like five uh, episodes left. And you said you're not sure about that, though. They're not sure about no. the 16 episodes. No, I, I think that 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 came out in some article of questionable <laughs> origin. And I'm not sure. I, I don't think they've actually announced how many there, there are. So I don't know. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's right. But uh, I, I don't I I haven't seen anything that any official anything confirming that hmm. the number of episodes. So I guess we'll see. I guess we will. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, another piece oh, of Star Wars news uh, to come out. We're, by the way, we should mention that this will be our last episode uh, for the summer. We're going to break and hopefully come back and uh, have better audio because I plan to be at the college uh, the next time around when we're recording. I'm going back to work. I'm going back to work there at the college. Oh, because you asked to. I asked to. Yeah, I asked to. And they said yes. I was going to say you are or we all are. No, I am. I mean, you can too, maybe. I don't know. But um, nah, I don't <laughs> think so. Not yet. Okay. Human beings are, are dirty, germy creatures, Dan. I'm also going to say that when you teach, when I say you, I mean everybody, me and everyone, you spit a lot. Any teacher knows you spit a lot when you're teaching because you're, you're directing your voice to the back of the classroom and there's constant, there's a constant stream of spit flying out of my mouth when I teach. <laughs> and I can only Don't pray nobody else can see it. Don't sit in the front row. Yeah, I, I pray nobody else can see me spitting, but they probably can. So it's mask on for me. All right. That's fair. <laughs> anyway, so hopefully the audio quality will be a lot better. And uh, once we come back in, in September. So, um, but the other thing I was going to say before we go, I do want to talk about droids. Finally, they brought the droids cartoon to Disney, uh, which is awesome. So Stuart Copeland and all is uh, glorious. I love that theme song that is up there. I've only watched a couple episodes, but it's fun. It's a fun little, you know, I'm probably more, I'll be more likely to watch that than I am to watch the whole Ewoks uh, cartoon series. I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm going to probably wade back through those droids episodes. And I was surprised there aren't as many as I thought. No, it was only one like, season. Is that the I whole think. collection? Yeah. There was only one season of droids. I don't know why I, droids was better than Ewoks for sure. It was a better show. Um, and Ewoks yeah. went for two seasons. Although Ewoks started first, they did Ewoks first and then droids the next year. So, and then they ran the two of them side by side like they would be like i remember it was like an hour of, of programming where i would watch ewoks and droids on saturday mornings and um and then they just it was all canceled at the same time so that's kind of what we there's only a, only like 20-ish episodes or whatever it is i don't remember i i think the reason i thought there was more episodes is because of the way the action figures came out oh which okay. was sort of haphazard over a long period of time but um no i guess not i guess uh that was just this bad distribution of action figures <laughs> So you're saying they were releasing, like this show ended in 1985. You're saying they were releasing it after that? Figures after 1985? Yeah, they were, it was, they came out in a weird order. Uh, I remember seeing them on store shelves, but then at that point there was lots of old Return of the Jedi figures kicking around. So it was a big mishmash. It was hard to track it. Okay. And um, then there was a couple that were only available overseas and everything else. So by the time you actually saw them here, uh, I think the, the cartoon must've been over. Mm, interesting. Um, what I like about the cartoon is that it shows us more the world of Star Wars. Uh, obviously, and you think about this again, coming out after the movies, so we didn't have any other movies coming out. We didn't really have any other access to the Star Wars universe. But this shows things like swoop bikes and and like racing and stuff. And it, yes, there are quite a few things that feel like beginning of droids. They're on a desert planet. They're walking just like they are in the movie. Very common. They get picked up by a young man who's like, so very similar to, to Star Wars. But then once you get like past that part of it, there are some interesting stuff. And then I love the design of it. Again, I love the design of all of it. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm, it's a fun show to watch. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to do it this summer for sure. 
the other thing I wanted to mention is that my favorite YouTube channel, Toy Galaxy, released an episode this week that you should watch. It's about Shadows of the Empire. Um, and it's just a show. Like, he does these kind of history of things where usually it's about like a cartoon or a toy line or something like that. But he did this about Shadows of the Empire. And it's it's interesting because I didn't know why they did Shadows of the Empire. Do you know why they did Shadows of the Empire? Why that happened? Wasn't it in lieu of uh, any movie or anything coming out at all? They It was just to fill a gap? Yeah, well, but also to tr- test things out before they were ramping up the movie making machine again. This is in the in the '96, I believe, '96 or '97, and so before the prequel, oh, sorry, before the special editions came out, before the prequels were coming out, but they were still like they knew they were coming. Um, but they wanted to test like the merchandise and all science. So the, the the Shadows of the Empire was a novel, a soundtrack, a toy line, a video game, and there's other comic books. So all these things that came together and told a story that took place between uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So Han Solo is frozen and carbonate. He's not in the story. Therefore, we get Dash Randar, which is basically a Han Solo clone. Uh, and he's in all this stuff. But the, and the only part of it I ever remember um, um, consuming was the video game for N64. That was the only one I ever... I didn't read the comic books or... or read the book or anything like that i didn't know they released a soundtrack they actually composed music to go along with a novel like they released a cd do you have that cd no i was gonna say uh i did all of it but i did not do all of it because i did not do that but i had the video game i had comic books i had the action figures were freaking awesome yeah for that for that property they were great some of the best action figures came out uh, with the exception of that terrible Chewbacca as disguised as a bounty hunter with a punk haircut. Okay. That was terrible. Wasn't that the but comic everything book, else though? was pretty damn good. In the comic book, though. Was, was yeah, it? It was, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was in there. But the video game was great. The video game at the oh, time yeah. was like among the best. But the space, the space levels were not good. But the running around levels were great. Yes, I agree. Yeah, it, it's a um, it's a great, and I don't know how you could. Re- well, I think it was re released recently. Someone re released a physical version of it, um, limited run games. I don't know if you can download a digital version of it. I certainly would. Be, it would be interesting to re uh, visiting uh, that game again. But uh, I certainly will uh, now take a look at the book and everything. I didn't realize all that stuff was tied together, and I didn't realize it was done to kind of. Well, this is according with the video I saw. It was done to kind of get everything ready for the for the next like round of movies and and everything else to come so there you go shadows of the empire prince zizor is the bad prince, guy in that one just you know i still use his name as Zizor. a joke i use his name as a joke whenever i try to sound uh like uh whenever i try to do an impression of a bad sci-fi show when you go uh as you know captain zizor uh from uh nebulon six uh once blah 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 like you need something that sounds ridiculous um to make it sound sci-fi and that's, yep. I think that's where they got his name. <laughs> oh, no, they talked about that in the, in the thing, actually. It was something to do with um, Razor. It was, it was the, the name was based on the word Razor, but they wanted to make the, the, the X, the sh sound. I don't, I, there, was a, there was actually a little bit of information about that as well in that thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a weird name. Um, and there's something else I was going to say about that, and I can't remember what it was now. Oh, well. Blanking on it. Never mind. About Zizor? Right. About Zizor. 
Shizor, whatever his name is, reminds me. Oh, there's a movie. <laughs> there's a movie. One of my favorite movies of all time, Free Enterprise, is a scene in which these a group of, of men in their 20s go to Toys R Us to look at figures. It's a great movie, Free Enterprise. And they are, they're there. And it, this was it was in the late 90s during the run of, of um, Shadows of the Empire. And the guy's like, oh, look at this, Prince Zizor. And this kid goes, it's Shizor. Like he's like correcting his pronunciation or something. It's very, very funny. At least they finally got rid of all that Prince Zizor stuff from Shadows of the Empire. It's Shizor. Shut up, kid. You weren't even born when Star Wars came out. All right. Anything else we should talk <laughs> about to say before we wrap up? Uh, I think that's good. I think we good. I think we're good. All right. Well, there we go. So we're gonna take a break. We'll, you know, we'll watch some. We'll watch the rest of the Bad Batch. We'll talk about it when we come back. We'll also watch the Rise of Skywalker at some point. I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, maybe I. Maybe I should look forward to it. It'll be fun to watch it with you. Uh, <laughs> So we'll see how that goes. Well, I thought of something else, though, and we should probably do it. We should watch the fin- the season finale of The Mandalorian with Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I think we need we should watch that and do a commentary. And okay. we'd have more fun doing that, probably. And it takes less time than uh, Rise of Skywalker, where we'll just it'll just be sour grapes for two hours. <laughs> Sorry, two and t- two hours and twenty minutes of torture. Yeah. Whereas the Mandalorian finale would probably be fun to do if and it's you only fun an hour to revisit long. it. Yeah, it's an hour long. I think that, that that might be the way to dip our toe in the pool. Maybe, maybe you're right. Um, but we've done every other. And movie. I should also say, yeah, every other one. So we we will do it, but I don't know what which one we should do next. All right. <laughs> I don't enough. know if we're ready for that one. But I was also going to say, um, okay, so that if the Bad Batch finale happens then i think we should uh we should do an episode even though we're on break okay if there's a finale then we suddenly go oh crap it's over then we should do one probably okay we'll do that we'll do that sounds good and by then we'll know who all these people are in today's episode <laughs> or if we should care about them at all because i don't think we need to honestly i think other than Hera, we're not going to know about any of these other people all right no all right, well, there you go. That's going to do it for this episode of the Star Wars Nerds. I'm Dan Badabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the force hit you on the ass. TK421, you Now I am the master. I'm taking an awful risk, Vader. This had better work. Where did you dig up that old fox?